Oh God, we know that you are a God who comes to us in the places where we thirst and in the places where we hunger. And you know that probably a few here today haven't even had breakfast yet. So if you hear our stomachs growling, know that we are seeking you to feed us. To feed us in the deepest places. To lead us to your table that overflows with your love and with your grace and what truly and fully satisfies. Satisfy us now with your word. Amen. For Lent this year, I have given up television and movies. As a result, I am having to get very creative and I'm having to find ways to entertain myself, which is actually easier for me than you might imagine. I am finding myself going back to some of the movies I remember and replaying some of those scenes. And this week, a scene came to me from Gone with the Wind. And I think you can perhaps guess which one, given today's scripture. It's the scene where Scarlet says, As God is my witness, I will never be hungry again. As God is my witness, I'll never be hungry again. So I played that through my mind. I found myself asking, really? Maybe you'll never be poor again. Maybe you'll fight your way back. Maybe you'll have a full table. But will you really never be hungry again? Won't you still have those lonely moments where yes, your stomach is full, but Your heart's empty? Come on, Scarlet, tell us the real truth. Those moments when you feel separated from those who you have worked so hard to feed. Hunger. It's not just about an empty or full stomach. Hunger. It's about an empty or full life. Part of the meaning and power of Lent is it gets us in touch with our hungers. One of the traditions of Lent is to give up something. And for many people, it's giving up a favorite food. It might be chocolate. It might be fried foods. For some, it may be meat. What's the reason behind this? Part of the reason behind this is it gets us in touch with our deeper hungers. It gets us in touch with our cravings. Today's scripture from Isaiah says, if you are thirsty, come. It's a scripture that speaks to deeper hungers and deeper thirst. It's a scripture that speaks to true satisfaction. I love the translation that we shared a few moments ago that's printed in your worship folder, but there's another translation from the message that says this in a very personal and powerful way. Hey there, all who are thirsty, come to the water. Are you broke? Come anyway, buy and eat. Come buy your drinks, buy wine and milk. Buy without money, everything's free. Why do you spend your money on junk food, your hard-earned cash on cotton candy? Listen to me. Listen well, 
Eat only the best. Fill yourself only with the finest. Pay attention. Come close now. Listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. I'm making a lasting covenant, commitment with you, the same that I made with David. It's sure, solid, and enduring love. The scripture writer says, even if you don't have money, come and you will be filled. I suspect today in this room, there are some who perhaps are in a financial tight place. And that scripture is encouraging to you because it speaks of the hope that God holds for you. Others of you are good place financially. And maybe what you have in common with that person who may be near you is that you both share that common hunger, that hunger for true satisfaction, that hunger for God. When the scripture refers to thirst and hunger and milk and wine and bread, it's really speaking about the dimensions of love. When the scripture speaks of God's invitation, it's an invitation to community. It seems that the wealthier we get as a nation, the more disconnected we become. The more email accounts we open, the further we are apart in so many ways. The call of Scripture today is to live life like a real community, to discover that the food that will really feed our souls is this love. I like what William Sloan Coffin has to say about how we have become hungrier, more fractured, and yet there is hope in community. If we Americans have lost a sense of community, it is because millions of us don't love very well. Our souls are growing more shallow, less generous, more vindictive. We Americans today are far more alive to what divides us than to what connects us. Were Christians' hearts full of unlimited love, they would insist that there is no way we and they, and only a we and we. Unlimited love takes in everybody, and everybody wins. A win-win strategy, it's the only thing that's going to save our nation and our planet, for it is a strategy that's as hard-headed as it is soft-hearted. Loving your neighbor does not mean turning yourself into a doormat so that people can walk all over you. Yet it does mean returning evil with good, violence with nonviolence, and hatred with love. This call and the call of Scripture is a call to live out community, to live the maturity of Christ by maturing in our relationships. Now, community is kind of a big, wide-open concept. So how do we live out community? We live it out on an individual basis. Community happens in individual conversations. It's not you and me, it's we. A few weeks ago, there was an article in the Houston Chronicle that's been haunting me. It was the story of Vincenzo Ricardo, who was found dead in his living room after being there for a year. When they found him, 
he was already beginning to mummify. The interesting thing in this article is the television was still playing. To me, that's a metaphor. A metaphor of our deep calling. How is it that his neighbors missed him? How is it that there was no family member to reach out to him even in one year? One of the neighbors was interviewed and her response was, I didn't think to check on him. A year later, television still going. A metaphor for the deep hunger in our culture to connect, to connect as a community, to connect one-on-one, -on -one, realizing that that is where our deepest satisfaction will be filled. Community happens in one-on-one -on -one relationships, and those powerful one-on-one -on -one relationships can become a deep source of healing. There's a story of AZ and Randy, and how Randy touched AZ's life. And this is AZ's story in her own words. Back then, I spent my days washing greasy pots and pans in a restaurant and my nights drinking myself to sleep. Each morning, I'd stagger to work, hung over to find burnt, crispy pans stacked to the ceiling. My head was throbbing, and I'd vow never to take another drink. But by noon, I'd feel well enough to have a beer. By seven, I'd be returning from the liquor store with three packs and a pint of Jack Daniels. Then Randy was hired. He was a 400-pound, grinning hulk of a man. He'd come in from an extended stay at the local rehab, and he made no secret of it. That really irked me. I poked fun at him and his alcoholic anonymous cult with its childish belief in God, but he never took offense, and he was always kind. Then he started soaking my pots and pans before I got to work. They'd be easier for me to clean. He even seemed happy to do it. He never asked for anything in return. Now, I was sure this Jesus freak was messing with my head. I kept on drinking. Randy kept on soaking my pans. And then we started talking, talking about life and about drinking. I decided to prove to him that I could quit without anybody's help. After a month of abstinence, I had made my point. So I decided to celebrate. So I had a drink. <laughs> then another and another. And at the end of the night, I blanked out behind the wheel, and I almost killed myself. I had taken my best shot at quitting, and I failed. I couldn't do it on my own. So I knocked on Randy's door, and I asked if he'd take me to that AA meeting. It was both the hardest and the simplest thing I've ever done. Scripture says, if you are thirsty, come. AZ was thirsty, all right. Thirsty in the deepest part of her soul. When I look at this scripture, I see Randy standing there washing those pots and pans saying if you are thirsty come and let's talk come and let's heal together come the table is open and we feed each other conversation by conversation prayer by prayer 
our greatest hope is in finding that common thread of love living out community individually I invite you this morning to take just a moment for a meditation that I want to share with us if you're comfortable I invite you to close your eyes the call of our scripture today is a call to that deep satisfaction and the meditation I want to share is entitled love deeply some of us have been burned and hurt by love and we've closed ourselves off and in closing ourselves off we have found ourselves hungrier and thirstier and lonelier our scripture writer today is saying don't be afraid to eat and drink don't be afraid to love don't be afraid to love deeply hear this meditation do not hesitate to love and to love deeply you might be afraid of the pain that deep love can cause when those you love deeply reject you leave you or die your heart will be broken yet that should not hold you back from loving deeply the pain that comes from deep love makes your love ever more fruitful it is like a plow that breaks the ground to allow the seed to take root and grow into a strong plant every time you experience the pain of rejection absence or death you are faced with a choice you can become bitter and decide not to love again or you can rise up in your pain and let the soil on which you stand become richer and more able to give life to new seeds the more you have loved and have allowed yourself to suffer because of your love the more you will be able to let your heart grow wider and deeper when your love is truly giving and receiving those whom you love will not leave your heart even when they depart from you rather they will become part of yourself and thus gradually build a community within you loving and gracious God help us today to hear the call of the scripture writer who invites us to drink and to eat and to come to the table and to be truly satisfied God free us from any fears that would hold us back from your table help us to live lives of true satisfaction by loving deeply even as Jesus loved Jesus Christ giver of grace have mercy on us as individuals Jesus Christ giver of grace have mercy on this your church Jesus Christ giver of grace have mercy on your world and hear the prayers of your people who pray Amen.